Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. This episode is going to air on Thursday, November 10th, but I'm taping it on Tuesday, November 8th, which... If you live in the United States or are from the United States, you probably know is the date of the 2022 midterm elections. Of course, I am not in the same time zone. So even though it's 1030 here in Rome, uh, polls have not opened yet officially for same day voting. And uh, obviously, therefore, they have not closed yet. And so I am still completely in the dark on who is going to win this election if it's going to be a wave in one direction or the other, or if it's going to be somewhere down the middle. Although those of you who are listening might know the results, I do not. So I'm taping this because I've had a few comments on social media about some people in the U.S. wanting to join the expat ranks once the results of this election are known. Apparently, a lot of people are worried and thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe it's a good time to move abroad. Since that seems to be something that a lot of people are thinking about right now, whether or not they would actually uh, take action on that thought, um, maybe some people will. So I thought that I would do a little episode, a mini episode on where are the best and the worst places to be an expat, at least according to some very serious sounding surveys and studies that are out there right now. So I'm going to start with a a survey done by William Russell. I will be linking to all of these studies in our show notes, so you can check them out more in a more detailed manner for yourself. But this survey has several different specifications for what makes a place a good choice for an expat, including overall happiness, health, employment, quality of life in general for that country, and a few other criteria. All of these surveys have different criteria. There's a few different ones out there. And it's funny because they're really not, you don't get the same answers from one survey to the next. But, but however, there are a few countries that pop up every single time. Where is the best country I should live as an expat surveys? So, um, but then again, you get some of the best ones end up on the worst for other lists, which I find very interesting. So the William Russell survey for their 10 best countries to be an expat in terms of happiness, health, employment, and quality of life. Number one, Japan then South Korea, France, Germany, Sweden, Austria, Australia, Finland, the Netherlands, and Bulgaria. I don't know about you, but I was surprised by at least a couple of these countries. It doesn't really say whether this was a specific survey geared just towards the happiness of expats or if it was a more general, you know, anyone living in the country, but that is what William Russell has to say about it. Now, there's another survey that comes out every year that is done by Internations, which is sort of a, um, an expat community, so virtual community. And uh, they 
survey based on 56 different factors. So it's probably a little bit more complete, but the 56 different factors, which I won't read them all out to you, but they fall in the categories of personal finance, quality of life, ease of settling in, working abroad, and expat essentials. So I think this sounds like it really is geared more towards specifically expats, like not not just the locals. What this survey does not take into account is sort of just, you know, this general idea of happiness. So it's a little bit more practical and based on like, is it easy to work abroad? Is it easy to get working documents and living documents in this country? Uh, can I make a decent salary in this country? So this survey their top 10 countries to be an expat are number one, believe it or not, Mexico, which I find so fascinating. I've seen this at the top of these lists for a couple of years in a row. Indonesia, Taiwan, Portugal, Spain, the United Arab Emirates, Vietnam, Thailand, Australia, and Singapore. So a lot of Asian countries on this list. And uh, I think that Part of that reason might be just that your salary goes a long way in certain Southeast Asian countries. Now, you want to hear the worst countries? Because this, this particular survey also has the worst countries for expats, which I find interesting because it has a few from the best countries of the previous survey. So the worst country is Kuwait. And this is just, I should mention, taking into account 52 countries, not all the 190-some countries of the world, but 52, let's say, developed countries. So Kuwait, New Zealand, this is going from worst to slightly less worse. Kuwait, New Zealand, that was a surprise for me. Apparently New Zealand ranks very low because of the high cost of living. Hong Kong, Cyprus, Luxembourg, Japan, South Africa, Turkey, Italy, yay, and Malta. So Italy, you know, a lot of expats live in Italy. That's one of the top places that uh, people choose to go when they become expats. And the reason, according to this survey, that the expats in Italy are dissatisfied is because they do not believe, a very large percentage of them do not believe they are paid fairly for their work. And, you know, I got to say that is a very legitimate concern. Um, and I think a lot of the reasons here are something along the lines of not making enough money or spending too much money to live. Now, what about cities? What if you're more interested less in a, the country as a whole, but in the city? What city should I go to? And I found another survey which ranks the top cities globally for expats. And again, we've got a whole different list here. Uh, one, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Two, Tbilisi, Georgia then Lisbon, Portugal, Dubai, Bangkok, Prague, Madrid, Barcelona, Alicante, so three Spanish cities in a row there, and Montreal, Canada. Wow, I was an expat in Montreal, Canada. Mm, no comment. Uh, so, you know, I feel like the countries that always pop up on these lists, at least European countries, are always Spain and Portugal. Those are the two countries that seem to be on every single one of these lists. Now I thought, if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, okay, thank you, Tiffany. I know that Italy is one of the worst countries to live in, supposedly, but I still want to live there. And there are a lot of us out there who feel that way. 
where should I, if, if I've decided on Italy, if I'm saying Italy is the place I want to go, where should I go in Italy to live well? And there is a newspaper in Italy called Il Sole 24 uh, that every single year puts out a quality of life index for the entire country, taking into account, I don't know about all the province, probably all of the provinces of Italy. And a province, by the way, is different from a region. There are 20 regions in Italy, like Tuscany and Lazio and Piemonte. The provinces are sort of like the city with a big area of countryside around the city, if that makes sense. So this isn't specific to the city, it's, it's specific to the province. So it could be anywhere in the city or in the surrounding countryside. And I have seen this list several years in a row, and the number one city on this list has been on the number one spot for many, many years. Not necessarily in a row, but I've seen it up there several times. And that is the city of Trieste. By the way, this is not an expat survey, but a survey of many factors uh, to do, not so much with, this is not so much a survey, people who live there, but um, but more uh, a specific ranking of factors, including the artistic patrimony of the city, the quality of the public transportation, the availability and affordability of fresh food, the crime rates, the housing prices, the youth unemployment, the uh, ultra-wide band internet coverage, which... In Italy, that makes a big difference. Rome, we don't uh, we don't have very good internet here. The number of gyms, pools, and spas per capita. So all sorts of different factors. And uh, Trieste comes in number one very often. And if you don't know where Trieste is, if you imagine the map of Italy, the big boot of Italy, in the very, very furthest northeastern corner, the little bit that sticks out over the uh, over the edge and touches Slovenia... That is where Trieste is, and it's on the sea, and I've never been there, but, you know, it looks beautiful from the pictures. There's something that's going on up there that's great, and so, you know, I would move there. I love the north of Italy. I would absolutely try it out, and to be so close to that part of Europe, that Balkan area, uh, Croatia and Slovenia, I love that part of the, the, the continent, so that would be kind of cool to be closer to that area. Number two was a surprise, Milan. I always feel like the only reason to move to Milan would be if you got a great job because Milan is known for having all of the best employment opportunities. And so maybe that is just very, very heavily weighed in this survey. The third city is Trento, another northern city. And Trento is even further north than Trieste. It's up in the mountains really getting on towards the uh, the Austrian border. There's a lot of German spoken up there, and Katie and I have both traveled up there, and we love it. And I would probably go there even before I went to Trieste. I'm in love with that part of Italy, and I would pack my bags today if I had, uh, if I had a job up there. Um, and number four, Aosta, which is also a northern city, but it's further to the west. It is near the border of France, and actually Claudio has some cousins living up there. We've been meaning to visit them, but I haven't actually been there. Another mountainy area. And number five is Bolzano, another northern city, even further north of Trento, almost at the Austrian border. And then we've got a couple more cities trickling down uh, further south, Bologna, Verona, Udine, Treviso, but they're all in the northern third of the country. Rome does not come in until number 13, which is um, actually, I thought, 
I thought it would be worse. When I, when I was first looking over this list, I didn't see Rome at first. And I thought, wow, it didn't even make the, the list, the 25 cities. But it's there at number 13, probably because of the immense historic and cultural patrimony in this city. One last thing I want to leave you with before you all uh, decide to, uh, to book your airline tickets and pack your bags, sell all your belongings and, uh, and move abroad. I found another list of the countries where you can relatively easily get a visa if you have remote work. So either if you have your own company that is sort of location independent, let's say, or if you're a freelancer, or if you work remotely for a company in another country, either of those three cases, you can, in many countries, get a visa to live legally in that country. There are lots of little what would you call caveats about this? Like most of these countries, the visa does not permit you to use the local healthcare. So you have to purchase, to get the visa, you have to purchase um, insurance, health insurance. But I feel like that's a small price to pay. If living abroad is your dream and you don't have a, you know, a citizenship path or a job that would, you know, give you a visa to live there, um, this might be the answer. If you're able to, get remote work, this would be a great way to do it. Um, and there's lots of places all over the world. Um, number one, I, I don't think these are ranked actually in order of like the best place to go. These are just, uh, it's just a list I found. Uh, and again, I will link to this article. But Antigua and Barbuda is the first place on the list. Most of these countries do require you to make a certain amount of money, which might be hard for people who are freelancing and just starting out. Um, but a couple of them are really low, like you really don't have to make that much money at all. So I'll mention which ones those are. But Antigua and Barbuda, you do have to earn at least 50 grand a year before you're allowed to move there. And each of these places has different uh, application requirements, and they are listed on this uh, on this site that I will link to. Um, Bali is another one. I'm like, that's the one I was like, oh, I want to go there because literally I don't see any conditions. Like it doesn't say that there are any conditions and you can live there for up to five years. So I'm like, hmm, maybe if we can figure out this remote work thing full time, maybe we can move to Bali. Number three is Barbados, Bermuda. So lots of these are island destinations, Cayman Islands. I mean, you know, the classic image of somebody working on a beach. Uh, although I don't know how much work you can actually get done on a beach. Costa Rica, I know, is a very popular uh, expat destination. I was actually surprised not to see it on any of the best countries for expats list, but at least it's easy to live there. Finally, we have a European country here, Croatia. Croatia is an amazing place. It's so beautiful. I think if you haven't been to Croatia, you might not be prepared for how beautiful it is. So if you want to be in Europe and you're finding it hard to find a way to legally move to Italy, consider Croatia. And it's just across the Adriatic Sea. You know, you could hop over to Italy all the time. Um, and one of the good things about Croatia is they don't require a minimum monthly salary. They just need you to have 25 euros in savings per month for the amount of time you are planning to be there. It's actually kind of a lot of money if you're planning to stay a year. Um, next, we have the Czech Republic. The Czech Republic just requires that you have about 5,600 euros in your bank per person. So that's actually a lot less than Croatia. So Prague, here I come. Prague is amazing. A lot of these places, you do need to have proof of accommodation. 
that is where I think it gets tricky because if you're not already living there, it can be difficult to to find accommodation uh, before you have your visa. It's sort of like one of those um, vicious circles because you can't get accommodation until you have the visa and you can't get the visa until you have accommodation. So a lot of these places, it might be more complicated than it sounds, but at least it's a place to start. Um, Dubai, that's a co- another very common place uh, that expats like to go. Estonia, Estonia is a lovely little, lovely little country. They do require you to earn a, quite a bit of money while you're there. Uh, Georgia, again, there is a $2,000 a month income requirement, uh, and you have to uh, pay taxes to the country of Georgia. A lot of these countries you don't have to pay taxes to, so it's interesting to look at that detail as well. Germany, Germany's conditions are a little bit vaguer, just need proof of financial self-sustainability, which... mm, that could be dependable. Hungary, so lots of European countries on this list. Iceland, wow. Iceland's income requirements are very high. Just keep that in mind. Uh, Malta, Mauritius, wow, that looks beautiful. Mexico, Norway, Portugal. See, this is the best one. Portugal, you only have to earn at least 600 euros a month. Uh, you do have to have private health and travel insurance. Uh, you do have to have a background, criminal background check. A lot of the European countries require that. Um, and you need proof of income from property or business ownership or uh, other type of financial means. But it's only 600 euros a month. So Portugal, I think, is, an, is, is a really easy way to break in if that's what you're looking for. Spain has an option as well. And Anguilla to go back to the Caribbean. So lots of options, particularly in Europe. So Pack your bags, buy your tickets, and tell us where you decide to move to. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again. Bye. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We'd love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast.